Blog Talk Radio. everyone and welcome to the 486th edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host Daniel Feuerstein. I'll give you an American perspective of our clubs, leagues, players, national team and other fabulous moments. You can get your daily reading from me and other writers over at onceametro.com and the rest of the SB Nation family of soccer websites. The chat room is open. Come on in. Discuss amongst yourselves if you like. If you have a question for me, I'll try to answer it to the best of my abilities. National Soccer Hall of Fame on October the 25th officially announced that Andreas Cantor would be inducted into the Great Hall and the winner of the 2020 Colin Jose Media Award. Excellent choice of a man that has been the blood, sweat, and tears of this country, Spanish language television. To call the world's game on our shores and in our land. Andreas Cantor is one of the reasons why that I started following the game again. You know, when I was a kid and watching the original New York Cosmos in the North American Soccer League, the first version... Jim Carvalis, the radio voice of the New York Knicks, was also the the television voice of the New York Cosmos. And then when the original NESL went away, 
commentary was for the our world game for the game in this country was gone and silenced before there was a telemundo there was univision in 1986 andreas cantor along with his analyst noberto longo called the fifa world cup on american televisions around the nation that goal call has always been a part of our lives for a very very long time I remember watching that World Cup which was based in Mexico with my grandfather in his apartment in the Bronx at that time I lived in the Bronx New York my apartment with my parents was just a little bit down the street and across it to my mother's parents, my grandparents. And that summer of 1986, my grandfather stayed glued to the television in his comfortable chair. And when Andreas Cantor was calling the match and the ball went into the back of the net, you heard his famous cry of goal. Three different times it is fantastic that a man of of such great stature to hold a microphone to sit in the television booth call a match and the day when major league soccer came to our televisions and Univision was the first Spanish-language channel to cover the league. He was the face for MLS at the beginning. He has called many games between Univision and Telemundo, living in Miami. This man has been absolutely fantastic to watch, to listen, to hear the announcement and the joy of calling the world's game from his voice. He has had many, many analysts in his professional career as a play-by-play broadcaster. To do it religiously, in Spanish-language television. And at the time, he did it in English for the Sydney Olympics in the year 2000, calling the matches with Alexi Lalas. While I must admit, I'm not saying he speaks bad in English, but just have to admit that the way he calls the match is better in Spanish than it is in English, but that's okay. He's still a wonderful person, a wonderful human being, and just to have him being inducted for the Colin Jose Media Award for the 2020 class that he will share with Carlos Bocanegra. Even though I wish there were more inductees, it's okay to forgive it. Because he's going in it. This man uh, is just 
fantastic to listen to, and I am very happy and very proud that Mr. Andreas Cantor will be going into the National Soccer Hall of Fame in Frisco, Texas. There is video on YouTube. He, along with three others, standing in a TV studio, obviously in Miami, discussing matches, discussing clubs, having an opinion about him, having an opinion about it, and then out of the blue, he gets informed by the head coach of the Houston Dynamo and Dab Ramos on a live feed in Houston, Texas, that he is the recipient of the 2020 Colin Jose Media Award. The look of, is this true facial expression? Is this real? Is this, uh, is this actually happening? And they handed him his scarf, a nice round of applause, a big thank you to anyone and everyone in both English and Spanish to say congratulations to a man who all we know of has to say one word, elongate it, say it three times because you knew you were watching greatness calling the world's game. World Cups he has broadcasted, World Cup qualifiers, regular league matches. All you have to do is when you see the ball hitting the back of the net, close your eyes. Lean your head back and allow the brilliance to get called. In the friendly between the United States and Mexico, at MetLife Stadium in 2019, Labor Day weekend, after Labor Day weekend, I should say, I had to uh, excuse myself at halftime. And then after I returned from that section of the press box, I saw for the very first time in my life in the flesh, Andreas Cantor. He was walking with a young lady. I'm assuming that it is his grandchild. I saw him and I said to him, Mr. Cantor, it is an honor to meet you, sir. Thank you so much for playing your part in the world's game in this country. And I shook his hand. Yes, I did give him my business card. I don't know what he did with it. It's quite all right. But just to see him walking towards me, Just to see him heading in my direction was enough for me to feel good about meeting a man that has been very important in the many years of covering football. The many, many years 
that he has given and devoted his blood, sweat, and tears, and his vocal cords, all for one word, one word. That call in the 2010 FIFA World Cup, the final group stage match against Algeria, where England and Slovenia were playing at the same time, after how many times the U.S. tried to score a goal to take a lead and a victory, to finally in second half stoppage time, to attack the net. To attack Algeria's net. Passing the ball to Clint Dempsey on the run. Dempsey's shot was saved, but Landon Donovan continued to trail the play. The trailer, Landon Donovan, got to that ball And he smashed it into the back of the net. And he celebrated. It was no tomorrow. And and even though in English, on ESPN, it was Ian Dark who called it. You hoped and prayed in Spanish it would be Andreas Cantor. And it was. That goal call that I recorded and played for all of you to listen to That is a man who is brilliant, devoted, dedicated to his craft, and devoted to this game in the United States. The man from Argentina, living in the United States, calling many, many famous World Cup goals. It is him, that man. Even though the World Cup came back in 1994, it is his call, his voice, his stature that allowed me to restart loving the game. Senor Andreas Cantor, gracias. Thank you very much, Andreas. Thank you very much. Congratulations on the award. You are so deserving of it. And I really hope you continue to be a part of this game for a very, very long time. Thank you very much, Andreas Cantor. Please continue to be you. Please continue to love this game. Show that passion every time. The ball is in the back of the net. The 2020 recipient of the Colin Jose Media Award of the National Soccer Hall of Fame in Frisco, Texas, has been given to Andreas Cantor. Thank you. Well, folks, unfortunately, no guests tonight, and that's quite all right. I'm going to talk about a few things going on. First things first, USL Championship Final, as many of you have seen, the Tampa Bay Rowdies, and the Phoenix Rising FC were not able to play the match. It was canceled due to a big, huge outbreak of the coronavirus again. It was basically uh, a sad ending to a decent 
start a magical playoff run. You saw the Tampa Bay Rowdies doing the damage against Louisville City, who has been um, unstoppable these last four or five years. I mean, a dynasty, if you really think about it, even though uh, they are two for three in the U. Oh, yep, two for three in the USL Championship match. Should I say the USL Championship final match? Having all those great games against Red Bulls too. Tampa Bay Rowdies and Phoenix Rising have been called co-champions. They are sharing the title as we speak. And even if they were able to postpone it and move it to next week, the big question would be, are you able to fit it in? Does uh, ESPN have a window to put the final on major television? This, in my opinion, was the right thing to do. I know it's not the most favorable choice. I know it's not the most uh, exciting choice that you would see. But you know what? The truth is, it was the right assessment. It was the most fairest assessment. And it looks like right now Phoenix and Tampa Bay are going to have uh, hold one side each of the USL Championship Cup. It's rough. It's tough. You pray to God it didn't happen this way, but you know what? We have no choice. We we uh, don't make the decisions here. I wish I did, but I am not the president of the league. I am not the president of all the leagues representing the United Soccer Leagues. That is Jake Edwards' call, and he had to do what he had to do. Rough and tough, I know, but this had to happen. This had to happen. What can say is, is that for this to have, for this not, you know, to be played, obviously one side had to not be infected. And I heard uh, through rumors that it was a very bad uh, spread on this one. You know, as I've always said, you know, we all have to remain strong and vigilant. We all have to remain wearing uh, our masks. We got to stay in, so stay indoors. If you have to go somewhere, I understand. But don't stay too long. Ha- what have I done? Well, it's really simple. I mean, I have gone basically to places where I needed to go, but I didn't stay for a long time. I didn't stay there for three hours, four hours. I didn't hop around to different stores. I went to one place, one place only, uh, found what I ha- found what I was looking for or ordered whatever I had to order. I brought it in. After I paid for it, I brought it home. I went straight home. And that was it. Because it's not good to stay cooped up in your house for the entire day. Now, obviously, if you got to watch something and you got to, or you want, or you just don't feel like going out, it's okay to do that. Play a video, uh, watch a DVD, go to YouTube. Try to keep yourself um, entertained. Try to keep yourself. And 
don't go stir crazy. This is what I've always done. You have to look at things with a grain of salt, and at the same time, you have to pay attention to your surroundings, the, the latest events that are going on. This coronavirus is one of them. I'm not here to explain myself and be an expert, because I am not. But what I will not do, and what I have seen so far, everyone else has politicized this coronavirus. And as you know, I am not in favoring of saying, well, this party has politicized it while the other party has not. No, both sides have politicized it. It has been politicized by both sides. So I refuse, absolutely refuse, to stick to one side. I am blaming everybody. Everybody is at fault. If this whole situation was not politicized, in my own personal opinion, and like I said, this is just my opinion, if no one politicizes this situation, and we all wore our masks just so we can remain positive, opinion, there's a possibility that this spread or this virus would have died out by the end of this past summer. But we have people, they're yelling, they're screaming, they don't believe in it. Or there are those that are yelling and screaming, it's real, and if you don't think it's real, then you should whatever. No, I don't do that. We, we are too divided right now on this very issue. We're extremely divided. We have to come back. Common sense must rule our lives. It's common sense. I have seen so many videos, so many videos of one side going after the other and vice versa. I have seen uh, videos of one political group attacking the other because, you know, they don't – they hate Trump. And I've seen other videos of those supporters hating on others because they support Biden. We need to come together, everyone. It's okay to disagree. It's, it's, not, it's not worth attacking someone for their political beliefs. It's not okay to attack someone because of their opinions. We have to come back together. We have to come back together. I, you know me. I am not trying to be on a bully pulpit to talk politics. I hate talking and meshing politics with sports because that's not what should happen. Sports is used to get away from the politics, not bring the politics into it. But it's too late already. It's been brought in. 
It's been brought in by those that want to be politically about it. They want their political opinions uh, in the supporters' uh, sections, stands, on the ball. Now we have MLS, the NFL, the NBA to basically get involved, have a political message in their sports uh, fields, surfaces, if you like, and say that this is okay. No, this is not okay. This is not okay. We cannot overstimulate the youth's minds. This has gone too far, guys. Way too far. And I'm only saying this because I care. I care about everyone, all of you. Our political beliefs should not be a part of our arenas or stadiums in the sports world. All we're supposed to do is talk about why is the goalie so good? Why is the ball in the back of the net? How do you not score from there? Ooh, that's a dangerous challenge. Yep, he deserved that card. I think they got to make a deal. they got to make a trade. Go and bring in that player because so, he can solidify and make our back line, the midfield, or the striker partnership be a lot better. But that's not what's happening. It's all about politics. The political situation is volatile. And I've had enough. I have had enough. I've tried my hardest. I've tried my best to keep my political opinions off this show. The only political opinions that I have in this wonderful sport of football, football, and soccer is to see my club defeat the opposition. To see the national team of the U.S. men, of the United States men and or women, to beat up on their opponents, whoever they schedule the matches with in the international friendly dates. It's not enough. We are having issues, my friends. We're having issues. We have to calm ourselves down. We have to remain strong and vigilant. I am trying my best. I'll tell you right now, it's been hard. It's been very hard for me. I haven't seen my own mother since this past January where I had to go for my father's tombstone unveiling. Mentally, right now, it's a struggle. It's a challenge. I talk to my mother every day, every night. I talk to her. But it's not enough. Sure, every once in a while, we uh, talk on the uh, Zoom chats. The uh, WhatsApps on the smartphones or the Skypes. 
she wants to see me. She wants to do something with me. She wants me to come down. She wants to come up. I said, do whatever you want, but I can't come down. I have to be in quarantine, and I cannot sacrifice my, myself uh, you know, for, for quarantine. I can't. Thank God I'm healthy. Thank God uh, nothing bad has happened to me. But still, though, I, I, I just cannot submit myself to basically lose, you know, travel, see my mother, and then on my way home, I have to quarantine myself for 10, 14 days. Now, if things have changed with the quarantine situation, fine. But once again, I want to make sure it's 100% gone. It's been rough. It's been hard. And I do miss her. I do miss her. I I miss not seeing her. Even if I do see her on on the video phones, it's not the same. I can't hug her. I can't hold her. I can't help her walk across the hallway. I can't help her get to the car. It's been a struggle mentally. It's not easy. But thankfully, I'm married. Thankfully, I have a wife. Thankfully, I'm able to do the things that I'm able to do with her and going elsewhere. I've been fine, but it's been tough. It's been very tough, very hard. So all you can say is, is just remain strong and vigilant. Don't panic. Keep your wits above you. And just move on. Now the next item up for grabs. Not, a, not, not up for bids, but up for grabs. Guillermo Barros Schilotto uh, won a MLS Cup championship with the Columbus crew back in 2008. And Going back, of course, to Argentina to be a manager. He was managing Boca Juniors. Now, uh, he, then he was hired these last year or two to be the manager of the Los Angeles Galaxy. And this, I would say, last after last weekend, Guillermo Barros Scalotto was sacked by the LA Galaxy. Anything he tried to do, while there was some success, the truth is the season has been a failure for the Galaxy. The LA Galaxy is usually one of those teams that goes out, pushes forward, and they dominate. They dominate everything. This year, they try to bring over Javier Hernandez, Chicharito. So far, it has not worked. Injuries, not meshing with his teammates on the club and it's been a disaster it has been a complete mess there's nothing you can do everything is just not going the way of the galaxy and if you 
look it up in the standings department. Right now for the Galaxy. As of right now, they are 10th in the West with 21 points. But points per game, it's 1.05 as that will be the uh, uh, first tiebreaker now due to the whole uh, Colorado Rapids situation. And as of right now, they are at least two positions away. From being in the playoffs, they are not in the playoffs. Still some mathematics to be worked out here, but for the Galaxy, they are behind. Very behind. So we shall wait and see what the situation will be in this crazy 25th anniversary of Major League Soccer. It's a huge situation. So we'll have to wait and see what the situation will be. But once again, the LA Galaxy, they're not going into the playoffs. They're going to remain home, I believe, for the second time this, uh, in two consecutive seasons. But still, though, it's going to be very, very difficult. We'll have to wait and see. Coming from uh, the whole situation with Guillermo Berescaloto, this is from MLSsoccer.com, and it says here that uh, Dominic Kinnear will serve as the interim head coach for the remainder of this 2020 season. Uh, Guillermo's brother Gustavo and Ariel uh, Perea Goalkeeper coach Juan Jose Romero and performance coach Javier Val de Cantos were also let go by the club. So it looks like Dominic Kinnear is back in a head coaching role. Now, I don't know if this is going to be um, a situation where he is going to remain there for next season. But one thing is for sure. One thing is for sure. And that is this. Dominic Kinnear has been a very good head coach in this league. You can say you can definitely say this is a safe choice. You can definitely that this is the safe choice for the LA Galaxy, having Dominic Kinnear uh, to, you know, basically run the show. He's not going to go anywhere. He's a lifer in MLS. This whole situation uh, with him basically returning 
to be the head coach of the LA Galaxy. You know, this is a big setup, a big step up, as always. You know, former San Jose head coach, former Houston Dynamo head coach. It's a situation where there's nothing you can do about it. Just move on, move forward, and just relax yourself and take it easy. And this is from general manager Dennis Teclose. Based on results, we have decided to go in a different direction. The LA Galaxy is a club that is built on winning on the field and being representative of the championship mentality and pedigree that you expect in Los Angeles. As a club, we have a collective responsibility and we all must share the blame for the club's current standing. I take responsibility for the poor results and believe that we can f- uh, that we can find the right way forward for this team and our club. Now, let me just say this. Not suggesting this will happen, but I am saying I am saying this. There's a certain player or a certain coach that if given an opportunity if given the opportunity to go out and do some damage in the Western Conference and I'm, you know, I know I cover the New York Red Bulls. I know that I cover the club. But if you think about it right now, as we all know, for the New York Red Bulls, Gerhard Struber will take over. He is going to take over for interim head coach Bradley Carnell. And here's the thing. Let's just say for the heck of it, the LA Galaxy give a phone call to the New York Red Bulls, and they say to them, hey, um, can we interview Bradley Carnell as our head coach? They'd probably be like, sure, go ahead. And if the Galaxy do interview him and do decide to take him, that's another spot that needs to be filled by Gerhard Struber for his coaching staff. Now, personally, I would like Bradley Carnell to remain with the Red Bulls. I think the South African should remain here and help Struber out. But I will say this: if uh, Carnell is going to be, you know, be be allowed to. Uh, basically get rewarded to become a head coach, period. He can basically call in his own uh, assistance and uh, off you go. Because I think that Bradley Carnell, in my humble opinion, deserves a head coaching position with a club. Now, whether that be an MLS, 
that would be in uh, England or somewhere in Europe or back in South, his native South Africa, maybe in Germany, he deserves to be looked at. He deserves that opportunity to be looked at. You know, when, when you got a guy like Richie Williams, who is basically a lifer in this league, and you would think because, you know, he has that mentality as a head coach who can definitely, you know, do some wonders. I know he had two different stints as an interim head coach for the New York Red Bulls. And unfortunately does not get the job. But still, though, you say to yourself, one day he needs to be a head coach in this league. Uh, you think Richie Williams would be a head coach in this league sometime. And then, of course, he goes back to D.C. United and manages Loudoun United. You know, But then when Bruce Arena came back to become the manager and sporting director of the New England Revolution, well, where does he go? He goes back to being an assistant with Bruce Arena. Now, look. If Richie Williams feels comfortable enough to take orders from Bruce Arena and be his assistant on the staff, that's fine. But you would like to think that he is trying his best to be a head coach on his own. And so far, I just don't see it happening. And at the same time, I don't believe he, he's going to do that. I think he's going to give that up and work with Bruce Arena for the rest of his life. Because I think Richie Williams does have the pedigree to be a head coach in this league. But once again, does he feel more comfortable being an assistant under Bruce Arena? Well, he gave up this head coaching job with Loudoun United. Uh, Loudoun United, of course, the USL Championship affiliate to DC United. All you can say, all I can say is, I think that's terrible because you never know if Richie Williams is able to go and do it on his own. Now, I'm not saying he could be a national team head coach. We need to, he needs a little bit more of a pedigree to, to do that. But once again. I think he could be a head coach in this league. But he chooses not to. Do I think Mike Petke gets a, another opportunity as a head coach? Well, you know what? I think he proved himself uh, play, you know, managing Real Salt Lake that he does have uh, some pedigree as a manager. We all know what the situation was and why he was let go and everything else, but still, though, once again, Once again, there are question marks. They need to be answered. Can we get there? But until then, we'll never know. We'll never know. We'll just never know. 
We just have to wait and see what the situation will be. There's nothing more we can do. There's nothing we can do and there's nothing we can say. So all you can do right now is just see uh, who the next coaches are available. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. So we just have to wait and see. But, you know, he's the third head coach to be sacked in this 2020 season. First was Chris Armas, then Ben Olsen. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Just move on forward, move on, and find a way to go out and have fun. And now, as we continue on with the show, we're going to talk about, of course... New York Red Bulls and New York City FC. You know, first time we have seen the New York Red Bulls cough up more than three goals in a game this year. They lose by final of five goals to two. They were even in this one. But then again, when that second half came in, something fell apart. Something was not right. And for the New York Red Bulls, they completely fall apart. And no pressure defensively on New York City FC. Great opening 45. They get scored on uh, to, as Castellanos gets a hat trick. The first one was in the 12th minute. They open the scoring. And then all of a sudden, it's Brian White in the 18th from Casas Jr. And then later on, it's Casas Jr. from Brian White. And you're thinking to yourself, well, here we go. We got ourselves a good one. And then Makai Stevens gets the equalizer late in the first half, and that made it 2-2 at halftime. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, nothing to panic. New York Rebels have a big opportunity here to take advantage. And then they get destroyed by a golazo by Brad Ring. And then after that, it's another goal for Castellanos, and then the fifth goal was a penalty, and that was the end of that. And it was a 5-2 loss. Not only did the Red Bulls lose the match, but due to the uh, goals scored, the uh, goal aggregate in this one, that would be New York City FC 5, New York Red Bulls 3. Of course, don't forget the 1-0 victory by Kyle Duncan when he scored that goal. 
at back at Red Bull Arena back in July. The points are tied. The aggregate, or shall I say the differential, is in favor of New York City FC. And right now, the Empire State Building is lit up in blue. So, a much better effort from New York City FC. Nothing against them. Uh, VAR does not decide their uh, fate and the win-loss record in that department. But, it has to be said, this is a tough pill to swallow. Of course, you head over the blog talk, uh, you head over the onceametro.com for that recap article, and uh, we'll see what happens moving on. Um, you gotta say that Samuel Teta is not where we all thought he should be. The fitness is, you know, he's lacking in the fitness department. We understand that. Hopefully, you know, he doesn't leave right away and he goes and stays here. The one detriment I would say right now uh, for Bradley Carnell is not having a permanent starting 11. You keep mixing and matching the situations. Now, I understand everyone's doing it, and I understand that there was a lot of midweek games. I mean, there were some weeks where there's not even a break. They're just coming, boom, 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 and I understand that. There had to be roster rotation, fixture congestion. And hopefully after the MLS season is over with and the, uh, the playoffs are done, that we'll get back to a regular normal schedule and move on forward, get back to where we're supposed to be. Um, as I've already said, you know, U.S. Open Cup also getting involved as well, bringing that back. Um, Saw a blurb today about what's going on with the CONCACAF Champions League. We'll worry more about that next week. Devin Kerr of ESPN and CONCACAF uh, Productions analyst, he will be talking with us about the whole situation with the CONCACAF Champions League returning. As far as I know, I don't have the full details. Just all I know is is that um, it will be between the 15th and the 22nd of December. Where the situation will be about uh, playing these matches, I do not know. But so far, from the 15th through the 22nd, CONCACAF will finish up their 2020 edition of the CONCACAF Champions League. Right now, CONCACAF League is going on. Forge FC of the Canadian Premier League advancing out of the 16th round and going into the quarterfinals. But this is going to be exciting. This is going to be wonderful. This is going to be a lot of fun. And we're also going to see who's going to win other positions for the CONCACAF Champions League for 2021. A lot of football that's going to get played and smushed into position. It's going to be exciting. And talking about excitement, I am personally excited that December the 7th, on a Monday afternoon here in the States, Monday evening 
over in Europe. World Cup qualifying preliminary draw in UEFA will commence. Uh, it's a five-hour difference, so that would be 6 o'clock uh, in uh, Europe, 1 o'clock Eastern on the East Coast in the States. We'll watch it through FIFA.com, and also uh, I believe UEFA.com might have it, as well as YouTube will have it. And I love draws. It's not about work. It's not about, well, this is a formality. It has to do it. You have to do this. You have to do that. No. I love draws, period. I love the draws done and how it gets done. A bunch of balls in a big glass bowl swirling around, going round and round and round. One ball per group, depending on which position they'll be drawn out of. Six positions, six pots, ten clubs each with the exception of the sixth pot, as it will be five clubs. But of course, those five clubs are the UEFA nations that are not FIFA nations at the same time. So, even though the rankings in the month of November, late November, will determine who goes into which pot, uh, right now this is just a, you know, um, just a practice, if you want to say, what's going to happen here. Pot one right now, in the October uh, rankings for into November, uh, Belgium, France, England, Portugal, Spain, Croatia, Italy, Denmark, Germany, and the Netherlands in pot one. Uh, in pot two, you have Switzerland, Poland, Sweden, Wales, Ukraine, Austria, Serbia, Turkey, Russia, Republic of Ireland. Pot three, you have Slovakia, Iceland, Northern Ireland, Norway, Romania, Scotland. Czech Republic, Hungary, Bosnia, Herzegovina, and Greece. And then you have pot four, which is Finland, Slovenia, Montenegro, North Macedonia, Bulgaria, Albania, Georgia, Israel, Belarus, Luxembourg. Pot five, Cyrus, Armenia, Faroe Islands, Estonia, Azerbaijan, Kosovo, Kazakhstan, Lithuania, Latvia, and Andorra. And then pot six, of course, the five teams that are not FIFA recognized, but only UEFA recognized. They will have, uh, they'll be allowed to participate in World Cup qualifying, but they will not go anywhere if they do somehow miraculously win the group. And that would be Gibraltar, Gibraltar, Liechtenstein, Malta, Moldova, and San Marino. So they will be in that sixth pot that none of them will be eligible for fighting for a World Cup spot unless they talk to FIFA and become World Cup contenders. Can't say it right now because right now these, these nations in UEFA, you know, they only have only sanctioning sanctioning for UEFA Cup tournaments. UEFA Nations League. Just like those nations in CONCACAF are not eligible 
for the FIFA World Cup, only for the Gold Cup and the CONCACAF Nations League. So it should be exciting and fun to watch. We'll have to wait and see how it's going to come down and break down. But other than that, it's going to be very exciting. A lot of fun. A lot of effort. And this is going to be exciting to watch. You know what also is exciting? And I just saw this on YouTube. They, MLS, I believe, is producing it. But you never know. They're producing when Thierry Henry landed in Montreal to become their next head coach. They have a camera following him around. And, of course, the last match he played was against New England Revolution, which they're using Red Bull Arena as their home games and their home stadium until they get back into Canada. Canada, folks, uh, are not allowing travel into their country. It's on lockdown because of the coronavirus situation, which has been improved, even though there's still some spots that are uh, highly contagious. So Montreal and Toronto, of course, Toronto is in uh, Hartford. Montreal is at Red Bull Arena. So it's exciting to watch and it's exciting to see that. Very exciting to see Thierry Henry having a microphone on him and the camera, one camera, watching his reactions, hearing his voice, what to do, how to do, and are you going to do this or are you going to do that? Because I truly believe one day Thierry Henry is going to be a manager of the highest order. And one day, if it does happen, he'll go to Arsenal and manage them. When that will happen, I don't know. But he is wonderful. As you know, he knows French. He knows Spanish. He knows English. And for him to differentiate who to talk to about it, and what's going on? Just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I've never seen anything like it in my life. All you can say is, is that Thierry Henry has shown some brilliance out there. Maybe he has gotten the results right now, but this, like I've said, this whole coronavirus situation has been very tricky. So we'll have to wait and see. But as we are about to say goodnight here on the Four Scenes Fire American Soccer Show, let me just say this. Depending on what happens tomorrow night in the election, let's just shake hands, say good game, and whatever happens, so be it. Let's not fight. Let's not be rude to each other. Let's not play these stupid, stupid games. Let's have some fun. Whoever wins, after all the votes are counted, come out of the corner, shake hands, do not fight. And just live with the results. You may not like them. If you are on the wrong end of the result, I understand. But it's time to say, let us take it easy. Let us calm down. Let us find a way. To remain strong, vigilant, calm. Don't do anything dumb, stupid, or rash. Well, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please 
Enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care so long, and bye-bye for now.